RPG for You and Me presents a special Patreon miniseries. Welcome to Silica Valley. sun beats down you guys are still you know in the desert proper but now that you've found the blue line that will lead out to the cobalt coast and the cobalt tier it's basically a straight shot of just following it the terrain is somewhat hilly but it's basically all downhill from here because that's how water moves you know Mm. but uh we're starting to see the terrain get rockier maybe uh patches of green pop up more here and there, but there's still plenty of uh, cacti, desert life, starting to intermingle with the mesa wildlife. She takes a deep breath and she's like, oh, I forgot how good water smells. (laughs) How did I forget? When whipping and, you know, my my hair, because Seth doesn't have any. I have a scarf. (laughs) Oh, that's true. Ooh, I have a scarf too now. I forgot. Mm. I picked up a garbage one. (laughs) Just the long, long scarves. It's like Journey. (laughs) <laughs> stretching out of your jeep getting caught on cacti and stuff I think she has her cloak her fancy new cloak safely tucked away your Carvalisray cloak oh I meant her trailblazer one with all the feathers I can't wait for he's to see you in the ray cloak <laughs> he's gonna be so angry <laughs> you did punch it to death punched it right through his eyeball it was gross yuck would you uh, have any medical journals that might have information on folia you know maybe on that note she's in the passenger seat trying to get her tablet to fire up trying to see if she has any any medical pdf she saved on it at one point or another to see if there's anything that she can reasonably do for the tribe while she's out here any resources she could get to them if she can find a printer man that'd be something (laughs) i figured there are local downloads you know as far as we can do on our regular phones now like if she had the if she had the forethought right she's like i'm going on an adventure maybe i'll need to know a thing she uh, D8 smarts. I feel like she ha- she would have had enough sense to preload some stuff. Yeah. Based on her D8 smarts and the fact that, uh, and her established backstory, like what you've told me about her, I think it's reasonable that she could definitely have, you know, some knowledge downloaded onto like a, a tablet of some sort or some sort of PDA. In this circumstance, if you want, we could do something like make a research roll to see if you're able to find the data you need, hmm. like buried within the stuff that you did save. Okay. I do have a D6 research. What did you say you're specifically trying to find? Uh, stuff relating to folia and treatments for it that she could pass along to them. I don't know if she would necessarily have that, but if it's in one of her many docs. I feel like folia is probably a... It's probably called by different names in different mm-hmm. places, but it's probably a very similar condition, which amounts to like overexposure to Cory. And it's what um, her parents both died of, so I feel like she might mm-hmm. have a vested interest in that if she also grew up around it. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense to me. It's, it's probably more based on, like, the gaseous nature of Cory rather than, like, liquid or solid. So I think that's mm-hmm. that's the main tipping point, is that it's something that you breathe in. But yeah, so given uh, that, just go ahead and make a flat research roll. Every success and raise here will get you additional information. Four. 
then I think you're able to pull up at least one helpful article or snippet of information specifically pertaining to folia. Maybe we just get a couple of diagrams that show like a humanoid body and it points out different body parts and the way that it can be affected by the sickness. Cool. Maybe there's like an internal shot of the brain that's just been hand sketched by a researcher with arrows pointing to, you know, different lobes and things like that with <laughs> color shading to show possible degeneration or channels carved in that type of thing. Maybe there's a uh, two sets of each diagram featuring a human body type on one side and a karnic on the other. Yeah, I think that's really cool. One success essentially means you have some data that you'd be able to present to the tribe. Okay, so you're coming through your uh, database and you're able to find some of this information as you guys are driving. She makes a ponderous little, hmm, sort of noise that probably can't be heard over the wind. I'd like to pull over and uh, adjust the air pressure in the 4x4 tires to see if I can get it to match the shift in the terrain. I think that's a cool idea. You can take a Benny for that. While he's doing that, see it will fill their water stills. Set pulls out a uh, foot compressed air pump that's maybe uh, the box or uh, the case it's in. is labeled with a chart matching recommended tire pressures for the various types of terrain you'll see when you're four-wheeling. He drags it from tire to tire, dialing in all the pressures, screwing the valve caps on and off, and giving each wheel a couple of kicks before uh, moving on to the next one. So, would you like to make me a driving roll? I got an 11. Ooh, an 11. Nice. Yeah, that's a success with a raise. I think with that, it means that you are able to just perfectly set your tire pressure. Like, you, you're familiar with this terrain. If you want to give me any additional descriptions there, you certainly can. Uh, but I like the idea a lot, so I think the success in a raise means that you're going to get probably a plus two to any of your important driving rules while you're in this terrain because of doing that. What did you say Sia was doing during this? She was filling up the water. Since they're by water, it would be silly not to. Makes sense. Hey, uh, if you put one of these uh, smooth river rocks in your mouth, uh, it'll keep your mouth from drying out. Reaches into his pocket, pulls out two smooth stones, gestures to Sia in case she wants to take one. <laughs> Sia does not want to lick, lick rocks. <laughs> She's going to drink from a jug, thank you. Oh, it would just wreck my weary old bones. She's not that old. <laughs> well, I think uh, the next day or two here, it takes you guys to follow the blue line is just uh, a short montage. Uh, I don't know that we need to do specifically another interlude uh, on your way there, but uh, what's one or two things we have for this travel montage as you guys follow the blue line towards the Cobalt Coast? Nervously scanning the skies uh, for Carvalho's rays. Uh, yep. Making camp under an overhang, if we can find one. Sia's always got her eye on that rearview mirror. At one point, we get a shot of a great shadow that passes over you, but then we look up and just see a, a bird very far away flying, you know, up high, blocking the sun. She squints at it. That's a big bird. Very suspiciously. <laughs> Looks very far away. <laughs> <laughs> Is it perspective? <laughs> Over time, the terrain begins to fade towards more of this rocky canyon mesa with splashes of green. The air gets more moist. You don't have quite that same level of dryness. Up in the distance, you guys can see that you are very rapidly... Maybe we get a shot of you passing by a small road that now is actually following the blue line, so you're not just driving over terrain. You've managed to find a dirt path at this Hell point. Yeah. 
and there's a small billboard that you pass that just says uh, Cobalt Coast Visitor Center. And there's an arrow pointing ahead and it says something like, you know, 10 miles. Does it look like a pre-zero billboard or a, a newer one? Definitely pre-zero. Oh, okay. It's, uh, very worn, very faded. It's nothing fancy. It's wood. Wood and metal. Hmm. Visitor Center? That could be something. Can you check the maps? You got it, boss. She opens it up on the dashboard, making sure to anchor the corners so she can spread it out real good. I'm not going to make you make a survival roll to check, but if it's a pre-zero map, then it probably has, if not the visitor center called out specifically, it's got the little town by the Cobalt Coast. What do you think the town is called? Hmm. I'll use a name generator. I love generators. They're so much fun. (laughs) Gives me that X factor that I crave. Aquarian. So the sign says Cobalt Coast, and then right beneath that, Aquarian Visitor Center. How do the the coordinates line up with this town location? Is the Visitor Center in Aquarian or just outside of it? I think they line up pretty well. Nice. But uh, from the map that you guys have, you can see the the road that you're following leads all the way into Aquarian and that uh, the Visitor Center is marked as the next destination. And it's right next to the the very wide expanse of water labeled the Cobalt Tier. The Visitor Center is in the town Aquarian. It's probably a major landmark of the town. From here, you know, just passing the billboard, you can see that there are maybe the faint shadows of homes in the distance. Can I make a notice roll to scan the area? Let, let me ask you this. What Are you looking for anything in particular or how are you looking? I'd like to scan the area to see if I notice fresh tracks on the road or if any of the buildings have signs of occupation or modifications to them. Any recent fire pits or refuse in the area. Driving slowly down the road, scanning the area. Okay, yeah. Make me one notice roll and one survival roll. And the information that you get is going to be just based on both of those. And if Sia wants to assist, she may. I surely will. Okay. Should I assist for the survival? Whichever ones you're assisting for. I'm untrained survival, so that's always fun. As long as you don't crit fail. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Nah, I just regular failed. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I got a four and a five. Nice. Okay, so success on both in uh, two overall. What you see as you're driving in, you can tell that the the road is worn with tracks. You're definitely not the only person who's driven on this road. I don't think you guys pass anyone, at least on this jaunt going into Aquarian. As you're going in, you feel pretty distinctly that this area is not well inhabited, or there aren't a lot of people here, if there are even people here. Uh, all the homes that you pass are definitely worn down. These are pre-zero homes, so windows smashed out, uh, some of the houses are probably collapsed. Swallowed by sand. Swallowed by sand. Uh, There is a lot more vegetation here, so a lot of them are overgrown with vegetation. I'd say most of them have been reclaimed to one extent or another. Maybe occasionally one looks like it's been cleaned up a little bit more, but is probably still even a little bit overgrown, so they're in like stages of maybe somebody lived here a long while ago. But nothing recent. Yeah. You'd certainly see wildlife moving around. Uh, you don't see anybody who's clearly, you know, shepherding them or taking care of them. There are no signs of new infrastructure. It's kind of kind of ghost towny as you're making your way in, at least. Any vehicles are long ago abandoned. 
The most telling thing here is that the roads are clear. You know, there's no uh, blockage. There are no broken down cars that are clearly, you know, passing or blocking your passage or anything like that. So they're all old vehicles. Yeah, I think that's perfectly reasonable. You know, there there are old cars that clearly have been there since pre-zero, and those are covered in the greenery and dirt and rock. Some of them have clearly been there for a long time. Some of them may have been moved more recently. Passing some of the vehicles, there are signs of damage. You know, some of them are broken. Some of them might have bullet holes riddling the sides with a pop tire, but they've just been shoved off of the road. Here and there, there might be a little oil spill or a scorch mark in the dirt. Some were abandoned and some were involved in some sort of conflict. Yep, I'd say both of those are accurate. I'd start slowing down as uh, we continue forward. Why are you slowing down? The road's clear. You see those bolt holes in the side of the cars? Looks uh, like some of them were attacked and pulled out of the way later to keep uh, the path open. Oh, shit. I'm not worried. Can you um look around and see if anything warm is hiding out? Uh, yeah. And uh, she she opens up her Yara eyes and she wants to take a peek around, see if she can see anybody lurking. Go ahead and make me a notice. Do I have any bonuses for my infravision? Your infravision will allow you to mitigate penalties if there are people to see. Cool. Well, I'll uh, I'll just roll and then I'll tell you I'll tell you what's up. That sounds appropriate. Five. Okay. So as you guys are driving in at a slower clip, you open up your Yara vision, which uh, gives you infravision. So you can see uh, heat signatures, basically, is what that allows you to do. So mechanically, it halves the darkness penalties or obscurement penalties you might have to see body heat or any type of heat, you know, through that obscurement. It doesn't give you perfect dark vision, but if you have low light vision and infravision, then you can eliminate all darkness penalties, which is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, so in this case, I think what sticks out to you most is you see the the ground itself flare to light, flare to life. <laughs> oh, light and life, yeah. huh? The ground uh, flares to life with that low heat pulse. How do you think that your eyes interpret the infravision? This is one of those things that there's probably a baseline for all Yara, but maybe for you it's different as a psychologist, so I don't maybe. know. Maybe. Uh, I feel like it looks like the traditional thermal kind of vision, but it's all in filters of blue to like a hot white. Okay. That's pretty cool. So With like white the, being hotter. Yeah. Okay. So like the cooler the blue, the deeper it is. Gotcha. Then uh, the world is shades of light blue to you you know everything is still pretty hot the ground itself a line of shining white stretching before you the buildings are that same duller blue you know they've absorbed some of the heat but they don't really do much with it mm -hmm. uh, and then you do see i was about to say the shadow but it's certainly not a shadow it's a light uh, you can see the brilliant forms of movement flicking between the buildings here and there but at this point, it mostly just looks like wildlife. Okay. Everything that you see, you know, doesn't give you any kind of sixth sense about people lurking. Well, I took a peek around. It just looks like more of those animals run, running around, but I don't know. Should we, should we just gun it? Should we just go? Yeah, just keep an eye out. I don't want to run us headfirst into an ambush. The set's going to proceed to creep forward uh, cautiously in the car. 
while they're very tensely crawling forward, Sia is uh, fiddling in her pouch and gets a uh, something out of her tail and hands it to him in a little vial. It's glowing like a sickly blue. You should you should drink this. She'd like to cast boost trait driving. Ooh, go ahead. Yeah, that's great. That's a nine. If he drinks it. If he drinks it. Boost you up to die type. Yeah, Set goes ahead and slugs back that vial. Ooh, wintergreen. Mm. I'd like to cast a static sense on me and Sia going forward. And then uh, cool, cool. Uh, follow that by uh, casting a sand cloud on the Jeep itself. So uh, as we're moving forward, we'll be uh, shrouded with the uh, sand. First up is uh, static sense for me and Sia. That's a success. And then uh, the sand cloud on the Jeep. Another basic success. So uh, four point uh, illumination penalty around the, the Jeep, but also we have uh, four points of reduction of that. It is a moving cloud of sand, so it's not completely inconspicuous, but it does mask you from view and it makes uh, it difficult to see You know what is within the cloud. It won't be a perfect obscurement that uh, means nobody can see you coming, but it'll make it far more difficult to see what's going on within the cloud, so they might not even know what you are if there are people to, you know. But yeah, I I like that uh, sand cloud to look, uh, look you know, like a dust devil. So as we're going forward, it looks like uh, there's a dust devil blowing down the road. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's in line with your power set, so you don't need to do anything extra for that to be the trapping that it appears as. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just it's just cover. How long does that uh, boost trait last uh, for my driving? The duration is five, which each round of combat is usually like six to seven seconds. I treat that out of combat as like a minute. She can keep that up till we get till we till we're stopped. Yeah. She has seven whole power points. So the this is important because this is how the psychologist functions. Then you need to choose in advance how many power points you're investing into that. Oh fuck, I forgot. Yeah, as a consumer, it's so weird item. playing a different kind of character. Mm-hmm. Because this is the first time it's coming up, if you want to retroactively say, this is how many power points I'm putting into it, that's perfectly fine. I'd put five. Just remember that you can't, you know, continue to choose how long it'll stay up for. Five sounds good. Okay. She doesn't know how far they have to go. Yeah, well, uh, so when you guys stopped outside of town, I said you were about, it said you were 10 miles away. Uh, If you guys are moving at about 15 to 20 miles per hour, that means it would take you 30 minutes to get there from that point. But I thought you'd also advanced a little bit closer. So let's say that you guys have five miles left to go until you reach the visitor center. If he's currently going 20 miles per hour, then it would take you uh, 15 minutes. Okay, well, five still, that's all really all she can do without having a little bit in reserve. And that's fine. Okay, cool. All right, well, you guys are moving along the road here. Set, I'm going to I'm gonna roll this forward from your uh, previous notice success and the fact that you are driving uh, so carefully here. As you wind your way around a significant bend, you do notice that there is a basically a spike trap set across the road. A long sheet of uh, metal with little spikes poking up. It looks like somebody has kicked dirt or sand over it to try to hide it from view, but because you're going slow enough, you definitely see that it's there. I like to cast sand shaping to bury the the spike trap with sand. That's reasonable. If uh, you want to go ahead and roll to activate, I'll say that you probably just need a flat 
I'll have you roll your adjusted strength in using it, and it just needs to hit a specific target. Yeah. I'd say six. I'm basically counting this as an object with a hardness, and when you're trying to quote-unquote break an object, you roll the strength or damage against the, the hardness of the object. Well, you're not breaking it, though, so... I'll, I'll stick with a target number of six, but your dice can still blow up on this. Normally for hardness, you don't blow up your dice. But yeah, just roll, roll it a, a minus two. I went the opposite way and chose to give an arbitrary target number instead of a modifier to the roll, which is not what I should do. Okay, uh, roll to activate. That was a nine. Ooh, baby. Very <laughs> yeah. nice. You are easily able to use your sand shaping to push this up and away. What is your intention after you're doing that? Are you driving through? Yeah, just uh, start piling the sand up and over and just create a little mound over the spikes. Pile it up, pile it up, and then shake the ground underneath and have the, the spikes buried deeper and deeper under. And then just smooth the sand over the top and roll right over and past. That's very cool, then. Could Sia make another notice roll for me, please? Yes. Her eyes are still open. Go for it. Five. You go five. So as you guys are uh, rolling through here, and you you also have the sight because he gave that to you. Set is working on getting you guys around or over the spike trap, and as he's guiding you over the trap, um, you feel that nice cushion of sand almost lift you guys up just an inch or two, like just the the faintest hill as you go over. You notice that. There are bright forms through the shrouded darkness of the sand that are perched on either side of the road on top of the dilapidated buildings. And then maybe one more uh, that's tucked away in an alleyway to the right as you guys are passing through. Sia slaps his spiky arm and is like, we got people on the roofs and, you know, up there. And she points to where the folks are Mm -hmm. very specifically. And she's like, I would like to be somewhere else right now. As you guys are passing through, uh, in addition to... I mean, you've got your sandstorm going, which is super cool. The vehicle's engine is still going, and then uh, you're, you guys are going at low speed right now, so you, you start to speak, and then you hear other voices echoing from the area around you. You just hear one guy say, Wait, what the hell? Oh, shit. Another voice from the opposite side of the street says, Something's coming through! Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna punch it. He's gunning it. Okay. It was good to increase the driving. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start this as a chase because you guys are actively uh, trying to get away from the situation. So if there are any uh, combatants that would participate in the chase, then you know they'll, they'll pick up the steam here. So I'm going to start it as a nine card chase track. Uh, you guys are going to start. Everyone's going to start on the first track. We're going to draw initiative and go from there. You guys can either make it the whole way to the end of the track, which is the ninth card, to say you got to your destination, or you can use the escape maneuver after you've built, uh, I think the minimum buffer is four cards of distance between you and your pursuers. And then you can use that, or you can just take out all of your pursuers, and then that'll solve the problem too. That would would solve something, huh? If there are any pursuers, that is. In a chase, you guys share an action card because you're in the same vehicle. So... True. For both of you, your action card, and you guys, if you choose to redraw, either of you can spend a penny to do this. Your action card is 
A Joker. Holy shit! Oh shit! Yeah. You sure you wanna, do you want to re, do you want to spend a Benny? You know, I think. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we could Benny and get another Joker. Well, you guys do get a Benny for drawing a Joker. Oh so everybody, yes! You guys can both draw a Benny. What if I spend a Benny to redraw and try to get that other Joker? You know what? That would be quite a gamble. <laughs> <laughs> to try to stack up on your bennies, right? Yeah, just all the bennies. Uh, well, their action card is a two of spades. But a bunch of chumps! You don't want to benny that, Pickle? Um, you don't want to benny that? See if you want to give you a go something. Yeah, it, it seems kind that? of pointless, if I'm being honest. <laughs> no! So, alright. To keep it more abstracted, we're basically only worried about the overall acceleration and handling of the vehicles. Uh, so if there's a vehicle that is overall faster than yours, then they get a small bonus uh, to their driving rolls during the chase. And that way we don't have to worry about like the minutia of exactly how fast each of them goes. But what that does mean is that if there are you know people who are not in a vehicle, they're going to quickly be left behind because they can't even participate in the chase. So it'd be like every driving success that you get moves you away from them and they, they can't pursue unless they have a vehicle of some sort. All right, so uh, you guys have a Joker, which means you get to go first, or you can you can go at any point during the round. So if you guys want to go first to gun it, you absolutely may. And then you guys get to determine who goes at what point during your turn because you share the same action card. If we're going first, I think Chase should go first. Yeah, I want to try and pull ahead as best I can. Do it. And you get a plus two from your Joker. I had previously said you get a plus two to your driving. I think I'm going to change that to instead you can ignore two points of driving penalties for anything you're doing while you're in this terrain, if that sounds acceptable. And is this uh, is this a free change position or is this your turn? Yeah, I'm going to use my whole turn to change position. You get a plus two if you're actively doing that as your only action. Yeah, I got I got like a 17. Okay, yeah, so wow, you're gonna move four spaces. One, two, three, four. So you are now on the fifth card. Holy shit. Holy shit. Yeah, so you guys, uh, you hear the voices uh, erupt all around you. You just gun it. Tell me what this looks like as you completely outstrip everyone, you know, and just blast through this little checkpoint. Yeah, as I uh, see the guys um, poking their head out where uh, Sia pointed them out, I'm just gonna give it as much gas as I can rev through with the sand whipping around us and so it just looks like this this dust devil is just blowing super fast straight through their checkpoint just breaking away see you are thrown back into your seat as you guys gun it and just blast forward down this uh, dirt and sand road the sand cloud being kicked up behind you quickly being swept into the swirling vortex that surrounds your vehicle and you can see those uh, figures you know moving through the, the haze behind you hmm. they're glowing forms illuminated a brilliant white. Okay, so what Sia is going to do, Sia is going to scramble out onto the top of the roll cage, using her back legs to dig in real deep to the metal, and she's going to multi-action. Okay. Thanks to the Joker. Sure. She's going to boost athletics on herself. Okay. And she's going to try to sling a fool. Oh boy. So I'm going to cast boost first, see how that goes. Okay. Oh, it goes. That's an 11 for boost trait on her. Okay, then you get uh, success with raise, which means your trait goes up by two steps. It's a D10, baby. And I'm going to try and hit one of the people on the roof. Okay. So the slang is 4, 8, 16 for the range. If we're doing the smallest increment, then each of these is like a five foot interval. 
during chases it can either be that or it can be double that i'm going to use the smallest interval for now just because it sort of started with not everybody mm -hmm. in a vehicle and if it becomes a prolonged chase we can go from there go ahead and roll it uh you, this is going to be a long range okay so you're, you're going to take a minus four on this minus four well i do have a d10 and i got four bennies so mm -hmm. i'm ready to be a fool and you don't have any other penalties from the visuals or anything like that because of the cool. the sight that set has given you yeah, oh my god, me. you blow up the 10? Uh, to an 11 minus 4 is 7. That's a 7, so that's a hit, but no raise. You know, you take what oh, you did you add get. your, oh, your multi-actioning? Yeah. So you don't get the bonus from the Joker. But I hit. would like to roll some damage. A sling is your strength plus a d4. My strength is a d8 plus a d4. Here we go. 10 damage! Oh my gosh, okay. Can I bunny it once to see if I get better? If you want to, yeah, go ahead. I did! <laughs> uh, that's 12 damage. 12 damage, okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, wait! This is a D8! That blows up too! Oh my god. Okay, it. this is a 5. Remember that I for remember, me. I remember. So, 5 plus 12. 17. 17. Oh my gosh, okay. <laughs> uh, well, you are definitely going to take somebody out with this, so yes. give me a nice description here, because that was awesome. So she jettisons herself onto the top of the cage. She's still really cagey from the Manta fight. So I think her eyes are already a little bit on the skies anyway. And she's been practicing like with the sling, just doing rocks against the walls in the caverns when they've been, you know, shacking up for the night. And I think at this point, she's got a little bit of muscle memory down where she just goes, does it over her head like twice. And then on the third, she whips it. I don't think we hear the impact. But we do see a white dot fall off of a roof. Yeah. <laughs> it's great that a rock just flew out at him because, you know, the dust devil's kicking up sand and grit already. You know, they might not notice a person's targeting them with rock. It could just be thrown out from the environment. Just this devastating dust devil tornado thing uh, flying through the area. A small explosion of white and then the solid white of the body just falls down and out of sight and immediately just blinks from existence. And then you hear probably at least one more cry of, what the fuck? Her eyes are just wild behind her snow snowboard goggles. <laughs> well, one set of them anyway. Nice. Very nice. Hair whipping around. That they is don't know, true. I have to know how intentional it was. <laughs> I love it. The, the commotion behind you has now picked up. You hear voices shouting back and forth and uh, the rev of motors. Two individuals riding motorbikes are going to peel out from tiny alleys on either side of the road and uh, start tearing down the road after you guys, or that's what they're going to attempt to do. Sounds right. Uh, well, they succeeded on their movement, so let's move them up a little bit here. They got a success on their change position, so you see them trundle out onto the road. It looks like they're still just starting to build up speed, but they're trying to close the gap with you. And then the one other figure on the opposite roof hunkers down and you hear a mechanical grating and swiveling and then the sound of erupting gunfire. <laughs> Very heavy gunfire. You guys are actually still at short range for this. So they get a minus four to hit you because of the obscurement. Is that right, Chase? Yep. Okay. Let's see how these do. Nope. And nope. Okay. The relative silence of your driving and the hum of the engine uh, are drowned out as 
heavy caliber machine gun fire starts to tear its way up the road towards you guys. Sia, you are looking behind you and set. You're, you said you were looking in the rear view mirror too, so you can see this tiny explosions of dirt and sand uh, peppering their way up and into the air, you know, streaking closer and closer to uh, your dust devil and then God. just tearing through the air all around you, especially you up on the roll cage. Maybe one uh, just pings off the, I was about to say the hull, <laughs> pings off the hull of your Jeep. And that is their turn. And that is the round. And since you drew a joker, I actually need to shuffle this real quick. All right. Uh, so fresh deck. You guys get a three of clubs. I would like to spend a Benny. Okay. To redraw that. Say, as a reminder, if you draw a clubs during a chase, it does cause a complication. So your next card is a queen of spades. Ooh, better. I'm gonna stick with that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the motorbicyclists. I yes, I did call them motorbicyclists. Ten of hearts. And the machine gunner, King of Diamonds. Damn it! So he gets to go, uh, before you guys are out of his short range, he's going to try to shoot at you with one more barrage here. Ah, <laughs> barrage. Uh, six, a four, and a five. Those are not good enough. I'm going to spend one of my GM beanies Beanies. to re-roll. <laughs> All right, come on. Four, a six. Oh, that's not the wrong one. And a one, damn it. <laughs> you could Benny it again. I could. You could Benny it again. See, I see two more right, poppies yeah. over there. Uh, well, I only get, I get two because you guys. Are we uh, still in short range for the other gunner? He's at a minus four. He's using a, a Browning automatic rifle. It's got a range of 20, 40, 60. So you guys are still within short range. All right, so I spent my last Benny. I got a three, a five, and a three, so fails all around. I just, I needed an eight to even be able to hit you with a uh, baseline, so. All the, the shots continue to scatter and ping all around you. A literal hail of gunfire that rains down, but because of the obscuring sand cloud of the dust devil swirling around you, preventing them from gaining purchase. And that is his turn. Nice. Uh, you guys are up next. Who would like to go first? If I could go first while we're still in closer range, I can try to sling another man. Go for it. If that's cool with you, Chase. Yeah. Hell yeah. Still got my D10 athletics. Slingling. And uh, would it be tempting fate to try and multi-action? There are two people on that, right? There are two. Yep. Yeah, I kind of want to multi-action. So I'm going to. And these guys are both going to be still considered at long range. So that's minus four. Yep. Hmm. Then I probably shouldn't multi-action. I'm not here to judge. Let me weigh my options for uh, two seconds. So to hit at a, at this range, you need to roll an eight. I don't like my odds on that. They're also both uh, on bikes. So oh, technically, oh, shit. you should have the unstable platform penalty. So you're going to be at a further minus two. Damn. Okay. Sorry. No multi I, I forgot that last time. How but, many? <laughs> well, but you do. You can do stuff like hold steady. So as a maneuver, as a free action, you can hold steady, which means you ignore the unstable platform penalty. But attacks against you are at plus two. Oh, I'm sorry. That would have Chase would have to be the one to hold steady because he's driving. Gotcha. Well, I'll just I'll just I won't multi action. I'm gonna sling one person. Okay. I rolled an eight before it turned to a ten. So that's a hit. That's a hit. 
I mean, if you, you said you rolled an eight. Yeah, I rolled. It, it was an eight on its face right here. Okay, why did it turn into a ten? Because my finger tapped it. Okay, yeah, an, an eight is a hit. No yes. rays. Cool. Wait. Oh, I'm sorry. No, because you're at a minus with a, the unstable platform. Shit. I'm sorry. You would need to roll a ten if that's the case. Oh, Unle God. Unless Chase is holding steady. Now, Benny, this once. Just to see. Got a nine. Well, so close. So close. I probably shouldn't Benny it again, right? I'm not here to tell you what to do. You you need to roll a ten. You have a one in ten chance of success. But I already got so close <laughs> twice. Ugh. Mm. But these wax wings gotta fly. Icarus, no. <laughs> the Benny. Blow up a six. I got a ten. She got a six into a four. Hell yeah! Yes! The, the, the wings of wax are melting, but they're melting <laughs> but, all over somebody else. Yes! <laughs> Beauty. Right, so it's a hit. Uh, strength plus a d4. Oh, I both of them! Oh my god! <laughs> Let me... Oh, jeez, you did. So it's a 12. Wow. <laughs> it's a 12 right off the bat. The most dangerous sandstorm of all time. So <laughs> again? Oh my god. Okay, well... You're gonna take out one of these guys, so please. Uh, actually, let me let me look at this right quick because you're taking him out, so he's gone. But uh, we might want to roll his vehicle into that because he's driving a motorcycle, and if nobody's driving the motorcycle, then I don't know if that means it crashes the next turn or resolve yours. Go ahead and resolve yours because they're gonna go after you. Okay, so she's still up on the roll cage. She feels very emboldened by seeing somebody fall off of a roof and very uh, harried by the fact that there is now what sounds like turret fire approaching them. And she's just a lab nerd. She's not used to being shot at by guns. That's not her bag. So I think she loaded another another rock in the sling and she even misses it a little bit. Like she misses the guy on the motorcycle, but it jams into its wheel. Mm, okay. So maybe the force and angle with which it hits the wheel topples the bike. I know something about that. Tell me, tell me. Maybe the, the rock jams into the caliper of the disc brake. Yeah, it just jams up the disc brake and it just walks and rolls forward. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Love it. Jam his wheel. All right. So Flip this bike bounces off the go. We see another stone, uh, you know, hurdle out of the We get a point of view shot from the two cyclists behind you as they are weaving between one another, trying to pick up speed to gain behind you. And another accurate stone whips out behind you smashes into the visor of the guy riding the bike on the right, and then it tumbles down and locks into the... What did you call it, Chase? I'm sorry. The disc brake caliper. Yeah, the disc brake. The disc brake. Maybe as he's flailing and trying to stop it as he falls unconscious, or worse, the brake attempts to lock up, gets jammed on the stone, and then the front wheel pitches forward and it starts to fly through the air. Set, it is your turn. How far is the remaining motorcyclist? Uh, is he is he in range of me? He is uh, three spaces behind you, which would be 15. So yes, he is. I think I want to like wash Alaris sand from uh, under his wheel to unbalance him. Maybe like a ram maneuver? I think a ram is specifically for hitting with another vehicle. Well, could I... 
could it be like a force maneuver where like thematically I'm using the sand, but yeah, like like I force him into a direction I want to go. For, it could be a force. Uh, you're attempting to force a rival away from the vehicle or into an obstacle. It says you have to be on the same chase card and make opposed maneuvering rolls. I'll, I'll let that slide because I, I think it's thematically cool. So you will roll your essence and I'll have him uh, roll his maneuvering. I got a six. Yeah, that's fine. Roll your strength. I got a five. You got a five, and he got a one. So that is a success with a raise, because I don't have any bennies here. Uh, if the attacker wins, you bump the foe. A raise is treated as if the defender rolled a critical failure <laughs> on a maneuvering roll. The GM may also allow characters to use other skills, such as shooting, to put obstacles in the foe's path. Critical failure means the attempt backfires on the attacker. So, okay. So this is going to be treated as a critical failure on his maneuvering roll, which is perfect because I was basically going to have him make a roll uh, at the start of his turn anyway because the other guy wrecked. Okay, vehicle. He rolls on the out-of-control table. Chase, since you forced him into this, would you like to roll 2d6 for me? I got a 6 total. Distracted on the out-of-control table. Uh, ground vehicles spin out or skid. Airplanes or spaceships stall. Uh, everyone on board is distracted until the end of their next turn. So he is distracted, and uh, I think you also get to bump him a space as well. So did you want to force him back? Can I force him sideways? Yeah, I mean, you can force him to the side, but he's still one increment away from you. So what I'll do is I'm actually just going to put you guys one space closer to your goal to help cool. represent that gap. Then he's going to be having to make another maneuvering roll at the start of this turn, too. Yeah. <laughs> What a jump. The one bike is pitched over, careening through the air. You're messing with the sand beneath his wheels as he's desperately struggling to stay on his path. And it, you know, moves him over and smashes him into the bike and it begins to sputter and spin out. And I'm going to change position if I can too. Do it. No penalty to the roll. Just a straight up roll. I got a five. That's a success. So you will go one more. Is that with your other bonuses as well from the four-wheel drive and all that? Oh, yeah. Got it all in there. All right. So you guys, uh, as of right now, are have spot five spaces between you and the, the closest pursuer. Nice. Uh, and it is that pursuer's turn, and I'm going to have him make a driving roll, which he fails. The guy that you just did the maneuver against last turn is still technically on his bike. He's just been uh, repositioned, so he's further back and harder to get to you but let's see he didn't crit fail he just failed oh and he's got a club on his card so <laughs> one more and that's another it's yet another crit fail because he failed that roll and got a club so chase would you like to roll me another 2d6 are there any penalties uh no it's just a straight up roll between 2 and 12 i got an 8 an eight. Uh, it's distracted again, so double distracted. Roll one more time. Not going to make him double distracted. That can't happen. Uh, that's a three. A three. Minor collision. The vehicle takes a wound and a critical hit. Roll me 2d6 one more time for the vehicle critical hits table. Seven. Chassis. Uh, the vehicle suffers a hit to the body with no special effects. Boo. Okay, well, it still takes a, a wound, which is going to affect his driving ability. Let's see how he does. Uh, he rolls a one and cannot move further. So I, I think he basically just spills out here. Like you said, you know, you smash him over into the other guy. He's already tumbled tail over tea kettle. He's not able to keep the vehicle upright as the, the sand is moving so strongly beneath it. 
and we see the two motorbikes collide together, uh, the other one tumbling end over end, uh, but horizontally, as it spills off the road and the guy rolls over himself into a, a pile. And we see a spray of sand and dirt go up into the air as the two motorbikes come to a smoking stop. Let me draw initiative one more time to see if the machine gun gets one more turn uh, before you guys are out of range here. You guys get a 10 of diamonds, they get a 5 of clubs. Okay, well, you guys are five cards away, which means you can attempt to escape here if you would like. Oh, yeah, we're going to escape. Probably should. It's flee. Let's see. Um, It's a maneuvering roll at minus four. The penalty is reduced to minus two if there are at least five cards. Uh, you guys have at least five cards, so no penalty. You just need a basic success here. Sweet. Yeah, let's get out of here. Got a nine. A nine, success with a raise. Yeah, so you, you are able to... Peel your way the rest of the way. You're able to finish the situation. So what's the last cool shot of uh, Set's driving that we get to see here? I just pick up speed and head in like a straight line, spewing dirt away uh, from the back wheels, maybe dodging in between a few of the spent vehicles dragged off to the side, and then just whip around uh, into one of the off roads, losing line of sight with them before they can uh, track us down. We see you guys swing around the curb there and it's basically just a straight shot maybe not a completely straight shot but very little uh, back and forth until you see the visitor center looming on the much now closer horizon hey everybody thank you so much for listening to this episode with us First up, I would love to say thank you to our gracious patrons. Thank you to Chase, Valentine, Ezra, Nakoda, and Jackie. Chase, especially this episode, because without Chase, Silica Valley would not exist. Thank you so much, Chase. Thank you also to Caleb Sunstead, Zach, Ben Hatton, Paxton, Gerald, Alex, Davriel, Ellis, and Zane. Thank y'all so much. Your support genuinely helps us make every new episode for you. It means so much. Our music this week was by Crockett and Marcus D. Crockett you can find at Crockett80s on Twitter and Crockett.bandcamp.com. Marcus D you can find at Marcus D on Twitter and at MarcusD.net. Savage Worlds was created by the Pinnacle Entertainment Group, and you can find them and their products online at peginc.com. You can find us at patreon.com slash RPG for you and me. Pretty quick outro here. We'll see you in two weeks.